I didn't come up the steps. I don't like steps, unless there's a rail. My legs are not what they used to be. Let me tell you a quick story. In October of 2018, we had had a function at church. It was a Sunday night, and I was carrying things out of the car in, parked in the garage into the house. The house and the garage are separated, and at the end of where I stepped out was a sheet of ice, and I went flying forward into a snowbank. I honestly laughed until I rolled over. And I went to lift my right arm. It wouldn't lift. I would go, it would drop back down. Well, it was cold out, it was snowy out, and I had, we had to call an ambulance and a friend. A friend came over and helped immensely keep me warm by blankets and what I needed. But I ended up going to Rapid City Memorial Hospital and they confirmed that yes, indeed, my shoulder was broken. And the doctor would meet with me in the morning and describe what surgery would be and then they'd take care of it. And then I'd just have some rehab, and I would be good as gold. So Monday morning came. Doctor told me what he's going to do. I went to surgery. I woke up thinking, okay, I just got to make it through the therapy, and I'll be fine. And the nurse walked in and said to Wilma, my wife, we have to find a swing bed unit for your husband. And I, I said, what? Why do you got to find a swing bed unit? I can go home. She said, no, you can't. Your shoulder was full of infection. And we had to clean it out and take out all the broken pieces. And it's just a temporary stub in there to hold it in place and you need five weeks of intensive IVs. I know, no, no, see this isn't the way it works. I'm going home, my wife's going to take care of me, I can keep preaching. And she said, no, you're going to a swing bed unit and you've got to take these five intravenous feedings every day. One of them lasted three hours. So I was transferred to Hot Springs, South Dakota, to a wonderful hospital which was three years old. It was a beautiful place. The staff was wonderful. The food was even edible for a while. But time got to be long on my hands. And I said, God, I can't do this. I'm supposed to be pastoring. We're going into Thanksgiving. We're going into Christmas. I can't do this. 
you have to give me something to hang on to. Something that I can hold on to when things are bad and when things are good. And the Lord confirmed in my heart my favorite passage. And I want to share that with you today. It's from Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, and most of you know it, but I'm going to read it from the Good News Translation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and He will show you the right way. Never let yourself think you are wiser than you are. Simply obey God and refuse to do wrong. If you do, it will be like good medicine, healing for your wounds, and easing of your pain. It's true. It's true. It's true. Today, I am going to share this lesson for a very important reason. One of the things I've noticed since coming to Aberdeen is the number of people who have said to me, would you pray for our prodigal child? Over and over again, people have confirmed that they have someone in their family that's not walking with the Lord. And this sermon is more for those whose children are not walking than it is for the children. I want you to grab a hold of this promise and hang on it for your children. Maybe you don't have that problem. Maybe you're facing a sickness. Maybe you're facing a financial crisis. Maybe you're facing a broken relationship. The promise still works. You must accept and do this simple thing. Father, I thank you for your word. It is holy. It is just. It is true. And I pray that I will lift you up and you will be glorified. That our hearts will turn to you and we will see beyond a shadow of a doubt that yes, this is a promise and yes, it is for me and yes, it is for my situation. In your name I pray, amen. Point number one, trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and never rely on what you think you know. There's so many verses in the Bible that emphasize this point. Psalms chapter 9, verse 10. Those who know your name trust in you, for, the, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. If you read the Word of God over and over again, you'll hear stories of people who trusted. Trusted God in unbelievable ways. Abraham was called to leave his home, take his family, and go to a country that God would give him. 
and his descendants without number, the sands on the sea and the stars in the sky. And at 99, he didn't have a true child. He had one through a servant woman, but he didn't have the promised child. But you know the story. God gave him the promised trial. Moses later on would go to the desert to run and hide for his own safety. And after 40 years, God said, I want you to go back and get my people. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way, God. They want me. They're going to kill me. God said, I am that I am. And I'm going with you. And you know the story how he went back and God, for the first time in history, revealed his majesty and power to the entire world. Because Moses trusted. King Hezekiah led his people through a tough time, a time of war. The Assyrians had come. The Syrians at that time were the most evil, wicked men in the world. They would go into a village and they would plunder it. They would take what was of value and they would burn it to the ground. They would rape and pillage and enjoy the whole thing. And 180,000 of them are sitting outside the gate. And King Hezekiah goes to God and says, God, what are we going to do? Don't worry about it. I got it covered. And he did. The book of Psalms gives us several verses Psalm 13.5, I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Psalms 27, some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Paul said, in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Sidelight, I sure am enjoying the teaching on the Holy Spirit. I am blessed. Thank you, Pastor Ben, for obeying the Lord and teaching us the power of the Holy Spirit. But I have to trust God, whether I want to or not. My faith has to be in God. I was in the swing bed unit and I had an appointment. One of those appointments we all love to do is when we go to the dentist. 
Now, the dentist was an hour away, and my wife would have to haul me, and they were going to fix a, a crown, and he said it'll be $1,000. I didn't have $1,000. I did not have $1,000. But a friend came from northwestern North Dakota, he drove all the way across the state of North Dakota and almost all the way across the state of South Dakota. He and his wife came and camped in the area and visited with us for several days. When they le before they left, they handed me a card. It was a beautiful card. But inside the card was a check for $1,000. I said, you did it, God. You did it. I didn't tell him. He didn't know. But God knew. And I trusted in him. The second point is remember. Remember the Lord in everything you do. He will show you the right way. The NIV says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Here's where I want to talk again to the parents of prodigals. One of the greatest gifts you have is remembering what God has done in your life. If you have not started a list, you need to make a list of all the times God came and met your needs. Sometimes they were financial. Sometimes they were emotional. Sometimes they were with a relationship. Sometimes you were just not sure that God existed and he came and proved himself completely to you. You have to remember who God is. It is so important that you have the Old Testament term standing stones. Promises that God has fulfilled in your life. Provision that he has made. Time will not allow me to tell you of the miracles that took place when I got sick. Now understand, I fell in October. I didn't get my best treatment that I needed desperately for my heart until the following October. My body fell apart in the hospital. On December 26th, I had surgery and they repaired my arm. My arm is fine. But the rest of my body was not happy. And as Wilma says, I'm a very finely tuned man. And when they change a medicine on me, it messes me up. But I can tell you of the times. God came through that year. I remember getting to go to Walmart for the first time and getting to use the electric cart. 
But God did unbelievable things. I was on a high number of, or a high potent blood thinner. And I was having horrible, horrible nosebleeds that would last for days. And so in the process of trying to get rid of that, there is a sac on the left-hand side of your heart that produces most blood clots. And they've developed what they call the watchman, which puts a gate over that. And there was a young doctor that had just come to Rapid City who could do it. My doctor, my heart doctor said, I'm not doing it. And he did it. And it worked. And I went back for a final checkup. And everything was fine, except they found I had a leak in my microvalve. A leak that had to be repaired. And that was done in Minneapolis the following October. But over and over again, God came through. So I challenge you. Remember, remember the things God has done for you, big or small. God moments that are in your life because they're true. And you know because they happened to you. Now the stories I told you may believe, but you didn't experience them. I did. And I'm telling you they're true. We have to remember the Lord in everything we do. We have to write down these things. Moses was told by God to have Joshua, after defeating the Amalekites, to write down all of these facts so he could have it for later on. So this isn't just my wimpy idea. This is God's plan for you. Number three, obey. Simply obey the Lord and refuse to do what's wrong. Never let yourself think that you are wiser than you are. Parents of prodigals, this is huge. Because this is what your kids are watching. Are you really walking with God all the time? Or you just come to church and you raise your hands and you pray and you give. But when you're home, you're a stinker. You're a tyrant. You must walk in obedience to set the example. You must set the example for your kids to turn off a movie you shouldn't be watching, to stop playing a game you shouldn't be playing, to stop listening to music that is not appropriate. 
to stop cheating someone when the opportunity comes. Your kids are watching you. And your obedience is key to getting them back. It's key. Because if you don't, they're not going to believe you. You can say all you want. You can do all you want. You can pretend all you want. But they know the truth. And they're not coming back to a fake truth. They're coming back to the real truth. We must obey. Psalm said in Psalms 119:33 through 35, trust me, Lord. Excuse me. Teach me, Lord, the ways of your decrees that I may follow it to the end. Give me understanding so I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me to the path of your commands, for that is where I find delight. I find delight in God. Obedience. Why is it important? Because trust is the key to our relationship with God. Remembering is a guide to our walk with God. But obedience is proof of our relationship with God. People need to know simply by the way you live, that you're walking with God. That's what we talked about in Sunday school this morning in our class. We are made in the image of God. You are and I am. And as we trust Him, as we remember Him, as we obey Him, He moves in our lives. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now the more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fill his good purpose. You have a purpose. We moved in to Aberdeen in March of 2020. We moved on March 10th. They shut the state down on March 11th. I didn't do a thing without a cane. I didn't go anywhere without a cane because I would fall. And I, God, is this it? Is this how it's supposed to end for me after being a pastor? And he just kept saying, trust me. There came a time when I threw the cane in the back of the car. It's there if I need it but I don't need it very often. 
and God has opened doors. They asked me to teach a Sunday school class. Ben's allowed me to simply walk alongside him and encourage him. And I have a purpose. I'm very satisfied with what God is doing in my life. Because I trusted, I remembered, I obeyed. You need to do the same thing. Here's the last point. Do it. Here is God's promise to us. Do it. Do what? Trust, remember, obey. He will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. He is real. It is like good medicine. Healing your wounds and easing your pain. By faith, when Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. See, Isaac was willing to do it and he took his son to the altar. Noah was willing to build the boat Moses was willing to get the children of God out of Egypt. Samuel was willing to hear a dream, see a dream, and share it with Eli, even though it wasn't pleasant. David was able to face a giant. Daniel was willing to live in a country that was not his own and still lead. Jeremiah was willing to do it, even though it got him thrown into a cistern. In the New Testament, Joseph was willing to be the stepfather of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mary was willing to become the mother of Jesus, the Son of God. Peter was willing to do it and walked on water. Disciples were willing to do it, and they fed over 5,000. Stephen was willing to do it, even though it cost him his life. Paul was willing to do it after an encounter with God on the road to Damascus. John was willing to do it, even though it meant being on an island alone, writing the book of Revelation. Most of all, Jesus was willing to do it. He was willing to die for me and for you. He loved us that much. I don't know what battle you're facing. It's a physical. We've had a debate at our house whether I would be able to stand and preach. I think he figured out the answer. But that's okay. I still got to preach and you still listened. What are you facing? Maybe there's an unbelievable debt that's in your world. And you have no way 
of understanding how God or anyone can help you. Maybe like me, you're fighting a battle with your body. And it's not going the way you want. But you got to trust. Maybe your marriage is having a hard time. Not getting along. Too many different distractions in your life. Maybe you are a prodigal. And you have chosen not to walk with God. Maybe you are the parent of a prodigal. With this number of people, there's a pretty good chance there are a few prodigals in this room. But there's a better chance there's a lot of parents of prodigals in this room. And God hears you when you pray. God knows exactly where you're at. God is not limited by time or space. He's not limited by finances. He knows the heart that you have for your child. You see, a lot of times, prodigal children are not really bad children. They just aren't close to God. They're good workers. They have good families. They're in good health. But God is not very high on the level of their lives. And it breaks your heart. And I'm challenging you parents, you grandparents, you great-grandparents. Trust in the Lord. He's got this. Remember all the wonderful things that God has done for you. Obey. Be the example your kids need. If you need to apologize to your kids, apologize to them. Now, it doesn't mean that we give our kids everything they want. Sometimes it's got to let them grow up. Read the, in Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son. He took his money and ran and squandered it and ended up feeding pigs before he got smart enough to go back home. He had to go through life and let life deal with him. There's a wonderful thought in that story. And it says, and God caused a famine to come upon the earth. And he was broke and all his friends were gone. And he was a good Jewish boy. And the only job available was to go out in the pasture and feed pigs. And all he had to do was climb up in a tree and shake the tree so the nuts would fall out. 
and the pigs would crack the nuts and eat the nut but leave the shell. And he had permission to eat all the shells he wanted. And he did that until he woke up and realized he needed to come home. I know that God is working in the lives of some young people right now. Maybe they're watching on internet. Maybe they're in this room. And I believe God's calling you. You know that God's been doing something different in this church. You begin to sense the presence of God. You're not sure you understand it, but you know God's doing something. And you're running from God. And before I end today, I will make an altar call for you to come up and give your heart back to the Lord and make things right. But I'm going to end it in another way first. If you're here, and you have a prodigal child, I'm going to invite you to come and stand across the front. Worship team, if you would come, please. You come and stand across the front, and we're going to pray with you. Don't sit back and say, I don't want to be the first one. Be the first one. Come up here and allow your church family to pray for you. Please come. Please come. Just come and line up right, right close to the steps. going to ask the rest of you who are not coming up for that need I want you to come and stand behind somebody so you can pray with them these people need somebody to lift them to the Lord to agree with them for their children you are the body of Christ you come and you minister please and make sure there's somebody behind everyone. That's somebody. We got a couple people right here with nobody behind them. It's so important that those who came forward know that you care about their situation. Pastor Ben, if you would come up to, please. Listen, folks. This isn't a pretty story. It's life. And oh, God loves your children. 
Oh, he loves them so much. And he wants them to come back to the fold. And he knows your heart and he cares about the pain and the nights you've cried when no one else could see because you didn't want to embarrass yourself. You cried because they weren't walking. Please understand that I believe with all my heart this promise that if you'll trust, if you'll remember, if you'll obey, God will do it. He'll bring healing to your bones and nourishment to your body. He is going to move. I'm going to pray over you, and then I'm going to ask Pastor Ben to make an altar call for those who need salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift our children before you. We don't even need to say their names because you know their names, and you know where they are right now. You know the situation they are facing. They're your children. They're not just ours, they're yours. We gave them to you. And we want them to come back. We're not better than them. We are sinners saved by grace. But we want to see them walking with you. So in the name of Jesus, I pray for every prodigal child that their eyes will be open and their ears will be ready to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, move in their lives, even if it takes a famine. Move in their lives. Oh, Father, I pray for these parents. Their hearts are broken. They're, oh, they just don't know what to do and what to say. But, Father, I ask that you help them to trust to remember and to obey because your word is never wrong. And in Jesus' name, I pray for you to begin to move through this congregation and people coming back to you because you're God and you are part of this church. In your name I pray, amen. Pastor Ben. Thank you, Brian, for sharing, sharing your story, sharing from your heart. Now, this is, we call this a church family. And what we have here this morning is, is a church family. We're, you're not alone. There's a lot of people who are going through similar things that, than you are. Some of us who will experience those later on, but we're all in this together. We're here for each other. I love this. Thank you. Thank you for calling us to the altar today just to be able to pray for each other and, and believe that God can do something greater. We trust in Him. We remember what He's done. Oh, because God has done, done so much. And, and we obey. We, we set the example. We, we set the pace. And watch what God will do. 
Watch what some of you have been praying for years and for years and for years. Don't give up. Don't give up. God's not, God's not done yet. God's not done yet. Wait for his timing. So today we'll give an opportunity. Maybe you're one of those prodigals out there. Maybe you've got uh, parents who've been praying for you for a long time. Today's a good day to come home. Today's a, today's a great day to, to run to the Father. To, and the amazing thing about that, and that story that you were talking about in Luke 15, the dad's not sitting there angry at him, not, not sitting there like, I can't believe what you did. But instead, he runs up to him. Before the prodigal son says any words, before he says, I'm sorry, dad wraps his arms around him and gives him a hug. I mean, it's a beautiful picture of how God the Father does it in our lives. Even before, even before that, he, he, Jesus gave up his life for us. He, he died for us. Even while we were still sinners, even while we were still feeding the pigs, even while we were still running away, Jesus died for us because he loved us so much. So today I want to give you that opportunity. If you're running from God today, today's a good day to come home. Would you just close your eyes for just a moment here all around this building? today, if you're ready to say, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to run back to God. Would you just raise your hand, catch my eye. I want to pray with you today. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Anybody else that you say, yeah, I need Jesus today. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. If that's you today, then I, I want you just, uh, we're going to pray this prayer. And I want you to pray it with me. In fact, everybody's just going to pray it with me. But if you raise your hand today, why don't you just pray it from the heart. Pray it from the heart. Even if you've prayed this prayer a hundred times, it doesn't hurt to pray it again. Just to make sure God is everything right between me and you. So, so let's just pray these words together. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you rose again. Would you forgive me of my sins? I want to make you my Lord and Savior. I'm running home to you, Father. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, if that's you and you you said, hey, I, I want to follow Jesus, then today's a great day. It says there's angels that are rejoicing in heaven. They're throwing a party up there for what God is doing in your life. So I encourage you, don't just keep that to yourself, but, but share it with somebody. Share it with, if your parents are in the room, go, go and let them know, this is the decision that I made. Uh, if your parents aren't in the room, maybe you need to call them. If there's somebody around you, tell them, this is what God just did in my life. All right, don't walk out of this place just, just like keeping it to yourself. Uh, we got to tell people. We got to tell somebody. So I encourage you to do that. I'd love to chat with you. We've got some resources we can send with you. But God is so good. God is so good. I want to give you guys the opportunity to continue to pray around these altars. You don't need to rush out of this place. you got plenty of time. God's doing a good thing. Pastor Brian, thank you for sharing today. Thank you for bringing God's word and, and sharing your story. But let's just continue. Worship team is going to continue leading us here for, for a few moments. Uh, anything else you'd like to share? Okay. All right. <laughs> but let's pray. Let's pray. And uh, again... If you need more time at these altars, I encourage you. Be with the be with the family of Christ here. Let's just continue to go after God. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for, for three people who just gave their lives to Jesus. God, we need more of you. 
God, we need more of you. Call us back to a place. Remember that day when we were first saved. We were nothing special. We were nothing much. But God, you loved us anyways. You, you cared for us. You gave us a plan. You gave us a purpose. You gave us a hope. You gave us a new life. So God, we thank you for the new creations that were made here today. We pray again for the prodigals, for those who have run away. We pray for their, their parents who've been praying for a long time, that you give them strength to continue that journey, to continue to trust you, to continue to remember and lean on your promises, and to continue to obey your word and to live it out every day. And God, we just pray as they're faithful, God, would you do it again? We've seen it happen so many times. God, would you do it again? Be with us this week. God, may we trust in you as we leave this building today. Thank you for your, your family, the family of Jesus today. May we lean on each other. God, we're not alone in this battle, but we're on this journey together. In Jesus' name, amen. We lift your holy name.